I certainly love you with all of my heart. I'd like to just take a couple of moments before, before we go too much further. We have a couple of things to share with you. Maybe, maybe I'll just share where we're at. And my family can help me if I, I need help. But over the last few weeks, we have found out some very difficult information that we have not shared with many people, but I will share with you as an audience just now. We, were, we have did Dr. Buckwalter. I just spoke to him this week, and what an awesome man he is. And I, I so thank him, and I thank him for being very proactive. And um, we, we have... We have did a, two CT scans, and we've did a PET scan, and we've just now been ordered to do an MRI, which we did. Did you get a name? For those that don't know, we, we knew for a few months that we were coming up against something. We didn't know what it was, and December, in December, the day before Christmas, I believe it was. Let me just take you back. December the 22nd, the Lord spoke to us and said, if you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. Amen. And so, and so we have been having some health issues since about the middle of last summer. And we kept that very private. Connie, I think, was the only one that actually knew that. And... Uh, we conducted the meetings that we conducted, and we struggle very privately, and we, you know, you just do what you got to do. Amen. And so, and so the day before Christmas, brother, doctor, I call him brother as well, Dr. Buckwalter asked me to begin a, some tests, and he, he shared with me, and these were his words, he, he said, we're getting ready to send you down a long, dark road. And so we did one CT scan, we actually went away as a family, and I found out in Pitch and Forge that I had a tumor on my left, my left lung at that point. That's what they knew. We knew that we already had some issues with my stomach and, and colon area. <coughs> and, uh, and so we found that out at, at Pigeon Forge. As a family, we, we tried to go away a little bit to try to relieve some stress. And so then... Then we went to Brother Biskell's, and Sister Connie actually got a ticket to go to Brother Biskell's with us, and the Lord shared, just shined down his grace and mercy. They actually was able to get her on the same flights, sitting literally beside of me every flight, and that was just incredible great. To me, that was one of the greatest meetings that I've ever been a part of, to preach and got a deliverance, a, a liberty like never before. We came back on Tuesday and on Wednesday we did the second CT scan which would only confirm what the first CT scan confirmed and then and then they asked for us to do a biopsy of the lymph node and brother Nathaniel uh, Nate went with us and and Holmes he went actually in the into the the room with us and the surgical room and and they did the biopsy and I'd like to thank him for being a buddy and a friend through this entire project and an eye on, on what's going on. 
And we got news that later that week that we had cancer. And so, and then, and then, uh, and then we began to have some more issues as, as time would arise. And so this last week we have did labs and then we did an MRI on Friday and because there's some other things that are beginning to show up. And so, <clears throat> so tomorrow they're going to do a, a, a lung biopsy. Uh, there is a, there is a, um, uh, the lungs has cerebral masses in them and, um, and, uh, and there's one of them that is extremely active and, uh, and it says it's doubled in size since they have seen me. So that's in three weeks, it's actually doubled. And so they know what it is, they know it's cancer, but they need to find out what type of cancer that it is. And so I, I, just, wanna, I just wanna share some things with you. You say, well, Brother Ron, that's in the lungs. And the doctor told me the other day, he said, your lungs are perfect. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He said, this cancer that has came from somewhere else in your body has came and has mastitized into your lungs. He said, your lungs are perfect. He said, it's, it's, it's actually invaded the lungs. And so, I thank God for perfect lungs. Amen. And I believe that the squatter will have to leave. And so, that's what I believe. I, uh, I've taken a bit of criticism uh, just sharing some of these things. Um, um, some people say, well, you're speaking the devil's language. Well, well let, let me just say this to you. These doctors have a great care that I get better. And I would like to know what I have. And uh, you can call it lying vanities, whatever you want to, but that thing is trying to take my life. And uh, we believe that we have another report and God's greater than cancer. Amen. Just to, just to let you know, uh, our family will be involved with that tomorrow, and, and we apologize. Uh, we, hope, we hope we're not derelict in duties, but uh, uh, just a lot of going on with our family here just now, and so if you're not, your hand's not getting held or, or you're not getting a special phone call, if you can just give us a little space, uh, we sure would appreciate that. Amen. I was able to see Brother Joe in the hospital this week, and he's sitting here, and I hope he's doing better. And did you get that new pair of shoes? Yeah. So we're just we're just praying for Brother Joe that God would be with him. Also, Sharon Shiflett that's been in the hospital, we were able to see her. And I just address with them that coming in the next little bit, I won't be able to go to hospitals, and that's for obvious reasons other than for myself because of and uh, you'll see me begin to wear gloves in a few days, and so it's because because they're wanting to treat me. So, and so I've uh, 
And I've had people tell me, don't take the treatments or whatever. You know, but I, I just have to tell you, Brother Branham had great doctors. And uh, he told us to go to the doctors and take the medicine and, and believe the Lord. And, and so we, we're, we're just, we would appreciate your, your prayers with us on this. And, and uh, you, you may not, might know better how to pray now. But that will take place. The surgery will take place tomorrow. I think it's between the three and a four-hour surgery. I could be in the hospital tomorrow or the next day or whatever, depending on how that goes. And so Connie will, Connie will, somebody will get information out as we go. Shouldn't know too much as far as, uh, as far as how we're going to do until we begin to see oncologists that'll begin to explain some things to us. You know, you, I'm telling the world so you don't have to repeat it. Nobody's got the end word, you know, the end knowledge of what's going on. You all have it now. And so I, I, I literally, I literally get hundreds of texts a day now. And I'm glad for all of them, but I can't get to them all. And I can't get to all the phone calls. And I'm getting to about 10% of the phone calls and, and uh, you see, I have to live a life too. So, and so we, uh, we, I appreciate everything. So, if you've tried to call or you've tried to text and hasn't, haven't got a text back or hadn't got a call, you just know I'm still thinking about you. I read, I read most of them anyway, and listen to the, listen to the, uh, to most of the uh, voicemails. And but we appreciate. It. It's good to be loved, and good to have friends in the battle, and know that you're not fighting it. Fighting the battle alone, so, Amen. Amen. You're our local body here, and uh, we appreciate you praying for us. And, and um, next weekend, Brother Matthew and Brother William uh, are supposed to speak the meetings here, and so William's on that. You know that baby, that baby uh, watch right now. And so, Amen. If William's not here, that means that Matthew's going to get double duty. So he can handle that. Okay, Amen. So. God bless you. And Brother Andrew is getting ready to go to Brother Biscoe's, Brother Tom's uh, winter camp. And so we're certainly privileged and honored about that. And what an honor that it is that he's getting ready to go to do that. Amen. We appreciate him and uh, all of that. And uh, isn't God good? Isn't God good? I asked Brother Joe Green this week, and I think he's watching even right now. <clears throat> I asked Brother Joe Green this week if he would go back and get the clip. It's an audio clip. It's not video. An audio clip of when Brother Biscoe prayed, and I received 100% deliverance. You see, I had lungs that were burned and uh, being burned, they, they, they had been scarred, and so I was suffering with, with scarred lungs. And I had suffered since the accident in 07, and then in August the 22nd, I had preached the week before at Brother Biscoe's, and it just wore me slap out, and I just really needed a healing touch. It was in this meeting, and we're going to make that available to you online that you can listen to it. In this meeting, Brother Biscoe preaches on, and I don't know if the title, but he preaches on bringing order out of chaos. And so, Brother Biscoe prays a prayer. 
And I'm going to share that with you if we can just now. And he prays a prayer. And in that prayer, I stood up beside of a pillar. And God, it was like a great vacuum that came down over top of me. And it was like a push of air came down into my lungs and 100% healed my lungs. And through this process of time, in each stage of all of this, and just to answer a couple of questions here, people say, well, it's scar tissue or this or that. It's not one bit of scar tissue there. Here's what I want to say. If God could heal them once. And there not be one bit of scar tissue. One bit of calcium deposit. The same God. The same God. to thank Brother Jeremy. You've been working diligently and we've had you on overtime. If you could share that. And after, after that is shared, I'd like for you to play that song again just before I take the stage again, if you could do that. The Father has people reach and speak over and touch someone else. Lay hands on someone else. It's to lay hands on one another. Hey, you know what he said? He is not in heaven. He is in you. But this audience believe that? They have TNT reach out with compassion and touch someone else's shoulder and say in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm standing with this brother, I'm standing with this sister. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, this is your commission. This is, the, this is your Holy Spirit. This is the voice of God in the bride of Jesus Christ. The bride of Jesus Christ is calling for deliverance, is calling for healing, is calling for these cells of God to be corrected, to, for this disorder to come into order.
certainly enjoyed last night's service. It's quite a move of the Spirit of the Lord even. I think we left here last night about 1030. And uh, God, we just continued to pour out. And uh, it was quite a, quite, quite a nice, quite a nice thing. Amen. Amen. I, I know many of you have to leave, leave quickly and do different things in life. But, you know, I, I, I just try to, I try to wait until God's completely done. And so, man, and anything either way, I just want to make sure I'm there when it happens. Amen. We live in a very busy world and everybody is in such a hurry. Just such a hurry. Amen. And so God just did some really nice things here last night late. So we just thank the Lord. Amen. stand with me tonight I'd like to just speak to you for a little while I won't hold you long but I want to I want to speak to you for a bit I'd like for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9 and here's what I want to say I commissioned Andrew last night show him no mercy so I'm not going to show him no mercy either Amen. Amen. I've, I've said this before. I don't want pity. And I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I want you to fight with me. That's what I, that's what I want to do. I want to I just square up with every one of you. I've been in some tough spots in life. They told this body that it would never walk again. They told this body it would never walk again. They wanted to harvest the organs from this body. They said it was brain dead. So he's still God. I'd like to just speak for a bit on accepted the challenge. We're going to have a challenge. We accept it. When two great champions come to a certain spot, one can make a lot of boast. And he can stand and make boast all day long. But somebody accepts the challenge. Jesus accepted the challenge. David accepted the challenge. You'll learn in just a little bit that Brother Branham accepted the challenge. Will you accept it? We're going to come quite a long ways. Will you accept it? Jesus prays in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Luke chapter 9 and verse 28. Luke 9 and 28. <clears throat> Very important portion of scripture. And it came to pass about an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. I heard Brother Branham say, he said, isn't it interesting that, that Peter, James, and John knew who they were? Yeah, right. They had lived thousands of years before, but here they're standing. And they knew who they were. What a conference this was. Who appeared in glory. Now they've got something to say to Jesus. And spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Amen. Quite a conference. They're going to talk about Calvary. They're going to talk about the preparation. How are they going to do it? Take him back to the word. Right. Take him back to the word. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep and they, they were awake and they saw his glory and two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. And while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them and they feared as they entered into the cloud and there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 26 and verse 36. Forgive me for having you stand. I'll be, I'll be standing quite a bit. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and, and saith the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed. Notice what he prayed. Oh, my father, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and finding them asleep and said unto Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup might not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Amen. 
And he came and found them asleep for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. Then cometh to his disciples and saith unto them, sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let us rise and let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. You may be seated this evening. When David was walking off of the hill and he had accepted the challenge, he had only just a little while previously, just only moments before, stood before Saul and the men that were there and began to talk to them about that God was with him. And he began to explain to them it wasn't his will that he wanted to do this. But God's with him. And he began to testify. Sometimes we testify to even create an atmosphere of faith. And here was a backslidden king that the anointing had left him. Here was a people that were, if they lose the battle, they will be enslaved to another nation. Their homes won't be theirs. Their families won't be theirs. The nation won't be theirs. If they lose this battle, it'll never be the same in this land. And here is a champion of champions that is standing over there. You and I have the luxury to stand on this side and see it as a great epic battle to which God won. But if you were sitting in the trenches, if it was your family at home, and if in a few hours you were going to be one way or another, liberated or captive, the banking accounts were no longer going to be yours. The, the, the housing is no longer going to be yours. The government that you are so enjoying is no longer going to be yours. And here a boy not a great big muscular man that has been fought incredible battles, but here a boy has showed up that has a history that he has been anointed by the prophet of God. God has chosen him to the be to be king. Now in his history, he has been a songwriter and he has been under the anointings of worship and praise and he knew what the presence of God was. On a couple of different occasions, a, a lion would come to try to destroy the sheep that was in the field. And God would give him the anointing to destroy that lion. On another occasion, a bear came to take those innocent sheep and the anointing of God came upon him and he slew that bear from one trial to another trial to another trial, he learned that God is a champion. God is a man of war. Now, 
when he presents himself to the, to the men there on the field and he hears this, this man echo his thoughts out, screaming blasphemous things down over the hill. As he's screaming, he's screaming to them, worship God as you have a living God and making all manner of fun of them. Send me one man that'll come and fight me. Just send me one. Makes the negotiation. You win, we'll serve you. We win, you serve us. The challenge was made. He could make that challenge forever if nobody accepted. And Goliath was in good shape until somebody was anointed for the challenge of the hour. Laodicea can raise and rage and, and woo and destroy religion of the world, but God sent a message that accepted the challenge of the world. Somebody's going to live it. Somebody's going to overcome Laodicea. David shared with with Saul that evening that God was with him. Saul told him about his armor. He didn't want no part of that. Brother Branham would equate that to some seminary teachings. Something that wasn't proved. Let me just say this to you. This message is proved. And I'd like to say here and stand as a representative tonight. Standing in the battle that I'm standing in. I'm standing in the battle in the land of a million doctors. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a thought. Everybody's got a word. Everybody's got a thought. But there's, as Roosevelt said, you're the man in the middle. You're the man in the arena. It's between you and God. Are you with me now? There can be a lot of sympathizers and a lot of applausers and a lot of critics. But you're the man in the middle. You're the man that's got to accept the challenge. <clears throat> when David walked off of the hill, all the hopes of that nation was now on a boy. I want that to soak in. All the hopes of that nation was on a boy. You better know that God. You better know that God. Only just a little bit before though, David's own brothers tried to intimidate him and to tell him to go home. So just because you're family of the preachers don't mean you're believers. Are you with me? Let me just shake you just a little bit. Just because you occupy a pew don't make you a believer. There's 
no rapture ticket just because you sit here. I want to just share my burden with you. I shared it with my family today. From this point forward, I'm only looking at eternal things. And my focus is on the promise. Petty nonsense I'm not interested in. Petty nonsense I'm not interested in. Are you with me now? But my opinion don't matter. My thoughts don't matter. I'm only interested in the promise. Brother Ron, did you watch the State of the Union today? Not interested. They can rip speeches all they want to. It only shows that this nation is not having a revival. And there's bombs that's hanging, waiting on it. So don't put your trust in this flag. Don't put your trust in its military. Our Chinese believers tonight are housed in homes that can't go out into the street. And one of our believers spent $300 of U.S. money to be able to get enough food for two days. They are proclaiming a promise that that plague will not come nigh their home. Most of them will lose everything they've got to survive. But when it comes down to the end of it all, if you've got God, you've got everything. are coming. It's promised that they're coming. They're promised to come. Will it stay in China? No, sir. But you know, as long as it's all the way over there, it don't seem to bother over here. When we can hear of tragedy in other places, you know, it's oh, you know, you feel sorry for them until it gets to your house. Are you with me? It's just honest facts. Adam fell and every, every man, woman, boy, and girl fell under him. The earth fell. Lions that were pets are now predators. Birds that were once tame and docile are now predators and wild. Actually, the the sky now becomes at rage against one another. The seasons begin to struggle with one another. Here, just in the last couple of days, five tornadoes landed just above us here, destroying homes and destroying communities. That wasn't like that in the Garden of Eden. Sin came. Sin came. Because of Eve's fall, it caused...
caused every baby that's born dead to be attributed to that sin. Every idolatrous act, every kingdom rising of civilization and all kinds of education and scientific ability all goes back on the hands of Eve's fall. God could have wiped away the world of all mankind. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Are you with me? God sent us prophets. And on the scene, God dealt lip to ear to a prophet. Now let me just let me just share this with you. God, his one of his first prophets was a man named Abraham who would become the father of the faith. God promised him that I'm going to give you a son. And that son's going to come by Sarah. And the longer that he lived, the more impossible it looked like that it would take place. Sometimes time becomes our worst enemy. Strength, as it begins to deplete, becomes our worst enemy because reasoning begins to get in and doubt begins to get in. But Abraham continued to look at the promise and he believed God that God was more than able to raise him up and give him a son through Sarah. He was 65 years old as a younger man when he begins to be hearing these things and 75 and and he begins to hear these things that God's going to give him a son and God begins to make covenants and promises with him. He constantly looks at the promise but he couldn't produce it. Understand he couldn't produce it but God himself would impute a portion of himself inside of Abraham. God would come to Abraham sitting in a tent. And in that tent, he would sit on the outside and look at Abraham in the eyes. We would know, and just kind of just, just, just putting some things together, we would know that Abraham has spoke with this king because he recognized his voice, he recognized his presence, he recognized his promises, and he knew that this was God. And he knew that God knew his name and he knew his name changed, that he had changed him from Abram to Abraham. He had changed Sarah from Sarah to Sarah, putting an H, putting a portion of his own self in their names. As Romans would say, it was attributed unto him. It was imputed unto him. Abraham could not produce the promise but God himself in them could produce the promise. Just putting some things together, so stay very with me just now. Abraham, we would come to find out that though he be 100 years old and it looked totally impossible, God specializes in impossibilities. Did you hear that? God specializes in impossibilities. And he took a hundred year old man and made him young again. He took a 90 year old woman and made her such a beautiful woman until a king would want her for a wife. 
Are you with me? That's my God. I'd like to quickly jump to Jesus prays and he teaches us how to pray. Here's God telling us how to communicate with him and how to have fellowship with him. Not through a priest, not through your favorite preacher, but you can talk lip to ear to God and God hears your prayer. And sometimes you pray in great faith like a mighty champion. And then there's days that you pray, help me. Sometimes you act like Superman. Sometimes you act like Clark Kent. Sometimes you're strong and you can speak a world into existence. There's other days that you're not even in control of your own faculties. But he's still God. He's still God. Jesus would get weary and lay in a boat and because be so wore out and so tired from the meetings until he would lay there and a storm would come and literally almost destroy the whole atmosphere and literally Satan wanted to destroy the whole thing and they got all, all uptight and in a situation but they needed to remember who was in the boat. Sometimes we need to remember we need to go wake Jesus. We could talk about Zacchaeus sitting in a tree, Lazarus in a tomb, a leopard. We could talk about the woman at the well. He had to answer for every situation. He would walk to a pool that the angel would come down, and literally thousands of people would be gathered at that pool waiting for the angel to trouble the water. And Jesus, with all of that power, went to one man. You know, sometimes you go to a service and you think, well, you know, nobody's getting anything. What about you? What about you? Well, Brother Ron, nobody else seems to be getting into it. What about you? I'll be honest with you, I'm here. I'm here needing a touch from God tonight. I could pull back in a pity pity corner, pull into a cave and say, I'm just gonna set this all out. But listen, I'm making a declaration. Every time the opportunity is I'm preaching, and trying to take this body into the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. And it's that Holy Ghost that'll heal this body.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to say this at this point. I don't know how people do it without Jesus. The difficult things that I have heard over the last three weeks, I haven't shared all of it with you, but the difficult things that I've heard over the last three weeks, it's difficult for a man and even in my spot. I cannot imagine hearing those same things without Jesus. I can't imagine not having the friends around the world that are praying and having special prayer. Brother George Quinn just told me just a few minutes ago, he said, this week I walked and prayed all night long for you. Hallelujah. Do you think God's not gonna hear that prayer? healing but we're in an hour of expectation for a resurrection to happen this is hour for rapture so we've got to have faith for more than just cancer to be destroyed our God is a cancer killer our God is bigger than every cancer devil in the world if you will remember in the cave when Brother Branham met the angel of the Lord, it wasn't the angel that brought up cancer. It was Brother Branham that brought up cancer because it was the prevailing sickness of our day. And the angel said, not even cancer. So to God, cancer is nothing. Let me just say this to you. In all of this, in all of these thoughts, here Jesus is pressing his way, and he is the word looking at the word. And the word says, I will not suffer my holy one to see corruption. So he can read Psalms 22 and Psalms 23 and Psalms 24, 25, 26, 27 and see prophetically what the word says about him. How much more can we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and Revelations 10, 1 to 7 to 8, all the way through to Revelations 21. I see a new heaven and I see a new earth and realize we're part of the prophecy. So God has provided for tomorrow. He's not just provided for today, he's provided for tomorrow. Just to give you an example, two years before, Brother Branham told his audience about a boy in Finland 
God was getting it ready. And then the day that it happened, Brother Branham actually walks away from that scene three times and looks back and the angel tells him to go look at it. And then just before it happens, he said, now if this boy is not off of the ground, in five minutes you call me a false prophet. And that boy that his bones are sticking through his, his skin, He prays over that boy and in just a few moments that boy wasn't just fully back together but he was standing totally well. And there was such a faith that at the next meeting before Brother Branham ever got to the pulpit 12 rows of chairs and wheelchairs and cots were healed as he walked in. church it looked like all humanity was losing the race if Jesus didn't accomplish the plan if Jesus calls out to the angels to deliver him we would be lost if Jesus would back up and and not go fully through the cross and through the beating we would not be able to be healed But being surrendered, he allowed them to beat him like no other human being. With the power. Oh, Brother Ron, but I've seen people with a lot of power. You've never seen one like Jesus. Jesus had the power to call 10,000 angels to set him free. But he had power to surrender his body unto the cruelty of Rome to be beat like no other human being. Because you and I would need to be healed. You see, we needed redemption. We needed more than just some good story. We needed the life of God. In the Old Testament, they had the blood of bulls and goats. But that didn't change the nature of a human being. We needed God to come live on the inside of us. Many of us would make good religious people sitting in a church, but we need more than religion. We need to be more than actors. We need that God to live on the inside of us and purify our lives. Brother Ron, but cancer, there was a worse than cancer lived here at one time. There was an old man that lived here one time that was taking me to hell. He had all different kinds of lust and all kinds of desires and that man, that king was taking me toward hell. I'd say that every person in this building had that king living in their heart. Now let me just say, right in a fence is a dangerous spot. 
to sit in church on Sunday and to be a complete different person on Tuesday, it tells you the wrong king is sitting on your heart. If you have to have two wardrobes to dress, two different kind of makeup centers to dress, two different kind of musics to listen to, Come on, help me preach. We can sing Amazing Grace here and you go out and get in the car and listen to some honky-tonk. Korean boy bands that you can't even understand or some Chinese nonsense or some this or that that's, that's right out of the pit of hell. It shows you're filthy. It shows you that you're on your way to hell. Don't tell me about your depression when you're feeding it. shaken will be shaken so we've accepted the challenge to be an astronaut of this age and as we go along even preachers that are just kind of hanging around even for years that have projected themselves as some great leader or they have some wild doctrine or they're trying to pull people to themselves, that'll be shook off. This church, its goal is project Jesus Christ, the message of the hour. If I die tomorrow, boys, I want this message preached till the day of the rapture. Things or they're dressing that way. Don't matter. Right. 
I got my eyes on Jesus. We're not message Baptists, message Methodists. We're not blenders with the world. We have been called to come up hither. Don't let the prophet of God's voice become a stranger to your home. It has rapturing faith. Lay it on the inside of it. There is zero rapturing faith on NBC, CBS, ABC, whatever. Zero. That's just information to gather to get you through this temporal life. But you feed on the body word of the Son of Man and it will do wonders for the character of your life to live in this dark, evil age. I accept the challenge. Jesus did not give up going toward Golgotha's hill. He did not let the critics and the scoffers to make fun of him. He kept pressing. He didn't have another peer. Now let me just drop something here. Jesus didn't have another man on the earth with the same commission. Brother Branham didn't have another man on the earth with the same commission. He had some incredible men around him, but they didn't have the commission to carry the message of the hour. We've never had another messenger vindicated like William Marion Branham, and I'll never be ashamed of that name. He is our brother. He's not God. He made mistakes but God allowed him a channel to which we could see heaven and the word be revealed to where we could take a rapture. (laughs) Jesus didn't pay any attention to his scoffers. He was bigger than them. You'll have to do that as well. Sometimes you're going to have scoffers and have people make fun of you. Just stand your ground. That's more than a gun law. Stand your ground. Satan, I don't have to put up with you. Satan, I don't have to put up with you. I don't have to put up with you. One time there was a drug head on a bicycle was coming up my driveway. <clears throat> he came about three quarters up the white driveway and we met him. Me and one of the boys here, I'm not gonna point him out. One of the boys here met him with, a mach- with two machine guns. <clears throat> he left, had a flat tire and he stopped at the, at the air tank at the bottom at the garage and the brother, and the man told him, said, better be careful with that air tank, you'll blow your bike up. And he sure enough did. And he said, who are them guys at the end of the road? He said, well, that one up there's a preacher, but you better be careful with it. He'll shoot you. <clears throat> well, I want the devil to know I'll shoot him. 
have warned him. You come up my driveway, there's a lot of warning signs. I'm not politically correct. And I notice Huck and VJ are not either. When it comes to the word of God, let us warn the devil. This is our ground. This is our promised land. And every promise in the is mine. Every scripture, every verse, every line, it's mine. The scripture says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The scripture says, ye are of God little children and have overcame them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Second Corinthians 3 and 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. Paul said it like this when God, he had prayed that this thing would leave him thrice. And God said this back to him and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather to glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29. Can you hear me okay? He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. No sermon is complete without my favorite scripture. No weapon. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in the judgment, thou shalt condemn. Brother Branham said, Satan may pin you in the corner with cancer. God will make a way of escape. Satan may pin you down under a car God will make a way of escape. Brother David, you can say amen. Satan may may have taken your family away from you, but God will make a way of escape. God has a way. On Thursday, I got a very difficult call. A very, very difficult call. And in this difficult call, you know, I, I got two boys that are with me, work with me. 
and they are, they're trained. If you ever look around at what you are, look at what you trained. If you got a bunch of weaklings around you that's got no faith, they're only reflection of what you are. But my boys have entered into this challenge. They've taken it personal. So I got the call and Andrew spoke with the doctor as well as I spoke with the doctor and my chin hit the floor. My heart dropped out of my shoes and he texts my buddy. One of them anyway. He texts my buddy and he called me. General Pruitt. And General Pruitt was kind of like God when he went to Job. He didn't want to know about what the call was about. He wasn't nosy like a lot of people. Well, give me the latest. I get a lot of calls that says, give me the latest. And as soon as I say it to them, they hang the phone up. One guy's been calling me regularly. I don't answer his calls, but one day I did answer his call. And he just said, what, what's the latest? I, I just said a few words to him. He hung right up. That's all he was wanting. Some people just are nosy. They're like the National Enquirer. They're just wanting to put their slant on it. Nosy people are not helpful to you. And it's living proof I won't answer that call again. I want people that's willing to fight. Andrew, he didn't get down in the gully. He called General Pruitt. And General Pruitt gave me about an, an impromptu, about 20 minute sermon. And at the end of it, he said, I want you to answer one question for me. What? Answer one question. What? When God says, Nothing is impossible with God. Answer me the question, Brother Ron. Say it to me. What's greater than God? So for the outside audience, I want to share with you General Pruitt's thought. If you're having impossible situations in your life, What of it is greater than God? Brother Ron, if you find out tomorrow that cancer's all through your body, what? an interesting situation happened this week when the MRI took place and I was ordered to have it done sister Dolores you'll like this the girl girl blonde headed she's about like you are she's a Christian girl and I spent a few minutes with her before and, and she'd just taken me through, through the, the stations and, and we talked about 
She knew the situation. She had read the reports and she knew kind of what was going on. And she asked me what kind of work that we did overseas and I just talked to her about what overseas was. was. And, and then I laid in the MRI with that astronaut helmet on for, for an hour and they did brain scans and for an hour. And after it was all over with, God gave me grace to lay dead still. And after it was all over with, she walked in and they pulled me out. And, and as she was unbolting me to come out, she said, Mr. Spencer, I want to remind you, you're a son of God. said this and he said and watch a perfect God with a perfect heart keep a perfect promise by his perfect word which is sharper than a two edged sword and a discerner of the thoughts of the heart what now notice these words we're coming now to perfection, into perfection. Because the people has to come to this in order for a rapture. Amen. That's what's holding it away right now is waiting for that church to come into a perfect raptured faith, looking for it. Amen. It means a lot of shaving down for me. It means a lot for you. But together, we'll make it by the grace of God. He begins to sing and make comments and then he begins to pray. The great physician now is here, the sympathizing. Lord Jesus, bless my dear brother. May your Holy Ghost ever make this pastor well. Some of you got it, some of you didn't got it. Lord Jesus, bless my dear brother. May your Holy Ghost ever make this pastor well. Keep him healthy and strong in the service that you called him in Jesus' name. I'm claiming it, Lord, I love him. We claim it. We know that it's right, and we are believing it now. Amen. Sweetest carol ever sung. Oh, Jesus, blessed Jesus. Don't you love him? Just think. Right now, right here now, already begun a work in your body of your healing because that he promised it would happen. And now see, did you catch what I was saying tonight? Have you got the riddle of it? If you say to this mountain, see, don't doubt, don't doubt, but believe that what you have said, now watch it. In less than five minutes time, every hand went up that a work had begun in them right now. There it is. That's it. What is it? The presence of the great physician. The great physician now is, now is here. 
the sympathizing Jesus. He speaks to the drooping heart to cheer. Oh, hear the voice of Jesus. Sweetest note of seraph song, sweetest name on mortal tongue, sweetest carol ever sung. Oh, Jesus, blessed Jesus. He said, let's just stand still just a minute. Let's just worship him in our heart. Think of it. He's here. He's here. Who? Who identified himself as being the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The word is sharper than a two-edged sword, even the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of what you've come here for, what's your purpose of being here, who you are. Identify Jesus Christ to be the Messiah. And today it identifies him of being the same Messiah yesterday, today, and forever. The great physician who is here, who said these signs shall follow them that believe if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. If you say to the mountain, be moved, and don't doubt in your heart, but can believe. Notice these words. If he can create squirrels who has no way at all or nothing here to believe, it's my own faith that goes and does that. My faith in what he challenged me to ask He challenged me to ask it and I received his challenge in obedience to his word. Can you accept the challenge? Can you accept the challenge? He challenged me to ask and I accepted his challenge. What about people that's been in the grave for 2,000 years and they're just dust? Not just sitting here. Oh, I believe that God can just in a second in a resurrection can bring Brother Homer back that's only been gone a couple of years. And be a young man or a, my mom or their mothers or, or their, their fathers, their uncles. All of them and you, just a few days ago they went to be with the Lord and now come back. But what about 2,000 years ago? Come on, that God is great enough. God spoke his word. God believes his word. Will there be a resurrection? Absolutely. Will there be a rapture? Absolutely. He made a challenge and we accept the challenge. Somebody's going to believe. Somebody's going to receive. Georgia Carter, Congressman Upshaw, the man in India, the baby in Mexico. But it was a rapturing message. Soon the lamb will take his bride to be ever at his side. All the host of heaven will assemble be. Oh, it will be a glorious sight.
had a gender reveal Friday night. It's a continuation of a promise. A mother that couldn't have a child. It was impossible to have a child. God said he'd give her a baby. And we've enjoyed that little guy. He came around at a good time in my life. He's been a great joy. And every time I take him by the hand and we walk, that little boy reminds me that there's a promise that'll take Paul's body and heal his body. He don't understand what Paul's going through, but the power of God that let him be flesh and more than a dream and more than a vision, the power of God that made that little boy live is the same power. He's the same God. future mother to be on the earth I looked at that pink and I thought of what a miracle what an absolute miracle the mother that it was impossible to be a mother is given birth to a mother <laughs> the impossible to be able to be a mother is given birth to a mother I'd like to just say this. Satan! God's on his way and there's nothing you can do to stop it.
explain to you. Prayer is one of those powerful weapons there are in the earth. Prayer has the power of atomic power. Because you have a living God. And you're a son and daughter of God. So you have more authority than the archangels that's in heaven. That's a mouthful. As a son of God, you have adoptive power. To take his word, not your feelings and your opinions and your ideas. Cast aside your unbelief. Cast aside your doubt. Take God at his word. Take God at his word. No matter what you feel, Brother Ron, take God at his word. No what you feel, no matter what you feel, bride, take God at his word. Take him at his word. His word is eternal. He made a promise. He made a promise. He made a promise, Seth. He made a promise. And if God is your partner, better have big plans. Brother Shannon, he made a promise. He made a promise to you. You got a contract with God. You got a covenant with God. It's better than a contract with America. You got a contract with God. And he's never, he's never backed out on one promise.
praising him. Go to magnify his name. This is the time to do so. This is the time when the words went forth. Now water that seed with praise. Magnify the name of the Lord.
Lord, I love to see 